before they came under the shadow of my roof. So he is trying to protect Well, that his sounds guests. like an incredibly misguided use of hospitality and a corruption of parent-child relationship. Well, yes. I think that I think that everybody who reads that would just be remarkably horrified by that. But when you think about it from Lot's point of view, he's trying to protect the strangers. Hi, I'm Michelle Friedman, Chair of Pastoral Counseling at Yeshiva Chovevei Torah, here with Pastoral Parsha, and welcoming Dr. Rachel Yehuda, who is a guest lecturer at Yeshiva Chovevei Torah and co-author of the book with me, The Art of Jewish Pastoral Counseling, A Guide for All Faiths. Today, we're going to be talking about the fourth Parsha of the cycle, and it's Vayere. And the theme that we are going to be looking at today is these powerful and extraordinarily complicated stories of conflict between parents and children. Rachel, what do you think of that theme? I think that that's the theme of the Parsha for sure. I mean, there are three really powerful stories that all talk about um, actions that parents take um, that have enormous impact on their children. And they're all a little bit different from each other, but they all really have the same uh, basic theme of um, what the consequences of a parent's action can be on a child, even if the parent, and especially when the parent is very well-intentioned. What's the first story that comes to mind for you? Well, the first story is really about a lot and uh, how he offers his daughters so that the citizens of Sodom and Gomorrah don't harm his visitors. Lot, after all, was uh, schooled by his uncle Abraham, and one of the big principles that he learned from Abraham was to be hospitable to guests. So, of course, when the strangers appear in the city, Lot takes them in, and uh, not realizing necessarily that they're messengers from God, but taking them in and trying to offer hospitality. And the townspeople don't like the guests or would like to disturb the guests, maybe molest them in some way. And what Lot says in chapter 19, verse 8 is, Behold, I have two daughters who have not known man. Pray, let me bring them unto you and do good to them as you see in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing for they came under the shadow of my roof. So he is trying to protect Well, that sounds guests. like an incredibly misguided use of hospitality and a corruption of parent-child relationship. Well, yes. I think, that, I think that everybody who reads that would just be remarkably horrified by that. But when you think about it from Lot's point of view, he's trying to protect the strangers. That is what he is focused on. And in the process... Um, he's not even thinking about the impact that this might have on his daughters. You know, when you really think about it, Michelle, doesn't this sometimes happen to us in everyday life when we um, think that we have to do something because it's the right thing to do for the community right. or for a greater purpose? And we don't necessarily at that very moment think about the impact of the child. Of course, most of us would not take the drastic step of offering up our daughters who have not known a man, um, and that is particularly egregious. But I think that from the pastoral perspective, the message sometimes is, wait, 
What is the impact of my correct action on my children? What am I, what am I sacrificing on my children's behalf in order to carry out something that I think is right? And banishes his concubine, Abraham's concubine, Hagar, and her son, his son with her, Ishmael, into the wilderness. And that happens in verse, really starts in 21.8, where Sarah sees that Hagar's son, that she conceived with Abraham, is a threat to, to her and to her son, who is going to be the continuation of, the, of, of Abraham, Isaac. And she says to Abraham, drive out this slave woman with her son, for the son of that slave woman shall not inherit with my son, with Isaac. And Abraham is really troubled by this. He loves his son, Ishmael. He is attached, one can presume, to Hagar. But Sarah is the wife of his destiny. And the text goes on to say in verse 11, the matter greatly distressed Abraham regarding his son. So God says to Abraham, be not distressed over the youth or your slave woman. Whatever Sarah tells you, heed her voice, since through Isaac will offspring be considered yours. But the son of the slave woman as well will I make into a nation, for he is your offspring. And the story goes on now, I'm not quoting anymore, where Abraham sends uh, Hagar and uh, the, the boy Ishmael into the wilderness with uh, very few provisions, and the story goes off from there. So here we see, again, a conflict of values. And it seems more complicated in some ways in the Lot stories, where Abraham is pulled between uh, love of his son, son's mother, and love of his wife, and listening to what God tells Abraham to do. How do we make sense out of this from a pastoral point of view? And what does it tell us about conflicts between multiple interests that compete in the here and now? Well, there, there are really a lot of associations that uh, one can have to this story. I mean, the text definitely portrays Abraham as a good guy. He is the father of our nation, and um, so we have a very different situation than how Lot is portrayed, a very different kind of character. But even the best of people sometimes find themselves in situations such as in a divorce where in order to um, uh, placate the new wife, sometimes the children from the first marriage are casualties in some way. Sometimes you have to make really hard choices and uh, agonizing choices. And, you know, one of the differences between this story and the Lot story that we were talking about is that Sarah um, advocated on behalf of Isaac Right. Um, Lot's daughters didn't seem to have an advocate. Right. Nobody speaks um, up nobody for them. Nobody speaks up for them. The mother's literally stone, <laughs> pillar <laughs> of salt, that's so right. to speak. The mother is very useless. Um, that's later in the later story, in the but story, still. But still, mm-hmm. well, later in the, in the Lot story. Mm-hmm. But um, here you definitely have advocates. We have beginning of parents at least trying to um, speak up for what they think is right. But you have Abraham in the middle of this. Another kind of clinical situation that comes to my mind, your, your example of children of divorce who sometimes can be the flotsam and jetsam of the parents' new lives is a very poignant and painful one. Another kind of situation that we see all too often 
is when children, this is usually maybe adolescent or certainly adult children, seem dangerous to a family, like a person who refuses to accept treatment for uh, an addiction, or somebody who is um, an untreated, has untreated virulent mental illness and is wrecking havoc on a family. And I certainly have counseled parents who have found it excruciatingly painful to distance themselves from children, adult children, to not let them come into their home or to have access to things. And that can be, hopefully, those people will get treatment, but sometimes it is just too painful for parents to continue relationships with uh, children that are going in very dangerous directions. Do you think that's ever conscionable, or is that a wrong thing? Well, I think it's always a tough thing, and I think that in this, um, in this story, in chapter 21, verse 12, God has to literally reassure Abraham that um, right. he's, he's doing the right thing by listening to his wife, and if that's not enough, in the next verse he says, but also the son of your handmaid, uh, my translation says handmaid, not okay. slave woman, which I kind of like better, um, I will make into a nation because he is your seed. Um, so I think when parents do ha send away a child, even if they're completely justified because of the child's actions, and we're led to believe in this story that um, Ishmael did something right. to to jeopardize the status quo. Um, the term that is used is mitzachek, which is not easily interpreted, but mocking. It's also a play on words of Yitzchak, mm -hmm. <laughs> which I found kind of interesting too. But the idea is that even if there's a very good reason to banish someone, parents often need a lot of reassurance that this will end up well for the child that is being asked to leave, and so it is in this story as well. So we have to talk a little bit about what is, without a doubt, the most famous story in this Parsha, and that's the story of Akedas Yitzchak, the binding of Isaac, which really takes up a chapter 22. And in that story, Abraham is commanded by God to sacrifice his beloved son, Yitzchak, according to God's direction. And we all know the story that Abraham doesn't question God's directive. Abraham goes along and is literally lifting up his arm with the knife in it to slay his son as a sacrifice when he is stopped, Abraham is stopped by the angel's directive. And, of course, there are an infinite number of discussions and interpretations of that incredibly powerful story. For our purposes here, we're thinking about conflicts between parents and children, and how can we understand this directive in terms of our theme today? Well, look, what all the stories have in common is that the child is really quite passive. Right. Here, and the parent is acting. Um, acting in a way that he or she believes is is appropriate. Nobody is motivated by anything other than trying to do the right thing. In the first case, we think it's misguided. In the second case, we understand the ambivalence more. In the third case, it's a very tough story. I've always struggled with it. Right. 
because we already know from the text that Abraham wasn't very shy in terms of advocating. Right. He certainly um, stood up for the people of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. He certainly did. So he's not shy when it comes mm. to advocating for what he thinks is right. He, The text makes sure to tell us how badly he felt about the prospect of banishing Ishmael, but we don't get a lot of emotion here. Right. We don't get a lot of questioning here. And um, I think that we have to wonder whether after a history <laughs> like he had, he just didn't feel the agency or he, he somehow felt that this was um, something that he had to do and yes. wasn't thinking about the consequence. Really. And, and the, the story proceeds on action lines. All the verbs are action words. Abraham packs for the journey, he gets the knife, he gets the, the fire, all of that. Abraham works through action and I think the story is telling us ultimately that you should never sacrifice a child in this way to, to serve God, that God doesn't want this kind of sacrifice. Right. I think that's the point. That I think it's almost as if God is saying, look, sometimes you might have to sacrifice a son for your marriage or for the peace in the home. Or for you, national security or for national to go to security war. to go to war. There might be a lot of reasons why sacrificing children occurs but never because you think that I need a human sacrifice. And never that you have the right to directly end the life of a, another human being, especially your child. And especially if you think that God is just commanding you to do it, that should be questioned. If anything should have been questioned. Um, right. The, the text is that. leading us to say, yes. question this. Think about it reckon with it. I think my final thought is that when I studied the Bible as a young child in an Orthodox setting, um, we were not encouraged to really look at these stories and, and really question them from today's eyes for how they would play out today, the dynamics between parents and children, or um, how people are really struggling to do the right thing and at what cost. But I think that from a pastoral perspective, these are incredibly important lessons that pastors can bring to the community. The problems that we think we struggle with today are ancient. Thank you, Rachel. This has really been exciting and stimulating. The Pastoral Parsha with Dr. Michelle Friedman and Dr. Rachel Yehuda is a weekly Parsha podcast from YCT with a focus on reading the weekly Parsha through a pastoral lens. Thank you for listening, and if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like and subscribe. 